to better understand the Bible? How can you grow as a Christian and find personal peace? What happens at the second coming of Jesus? What is the relevance of Bible prophecy today? How do you identify a cult? What happens when you die? Here is your opportunity to find answers to these and many other questions by exploring 30 not only relevant, but life-changing topics that await your discovery. Welcome to Search for Certainty. I'm glad you could join us. I'm your host, Gail Fong, and with me in the studio today is Hannah Nakagawa. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you, Gail. Our topic today for Bible study is the United States in prophecy. Throughout the centuries, the Bible has revealed the rise and fall of nations with amazing accuracy. Their destinies were predicted in advance, but the Bible is not primarily a history book. Not every world power is mentioned. Nations are brought into the biblical picture not as independent political powers, but in the light of their role in God's overall plan. The Bible reveals the role of nations in the long-standing controversy between Christ and Satan. In the last days of Earth's history, the final conflict will centre upon the question of loyalty to God as manifested by obedience to his law. Working through both religious and state powers, Satan will attempt to coerce God's people with economic boycotts, fines, threats of imprisonment and death, to ignore God's law by accepting a substitute Sabbath. Will the United States play a significant role in this final conflict? Will America continue to champion principles of religious liberty and freedom of choice? Or will it one day repudiate its heritage? Will church and state unite in America? What is our destiny? In this fascinating lesson, we will discover the answers to these questions. Before we begin, Hannah, would you open with prayer, inviting the Holy Spirit to guide us in our Bible study? Sure. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for giving us life today. Thank you that you um, you sustain us, you give each breath for us. Father, as we open your scripture, we ask you that you will pour your Holy Spirit upon us, that you may be the teacher, and please guide us, lead us, and speak to our heart directly. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to turn to Revelation, Revelation chapter 13, and we're going to be reading in verse 1 and verse 11. And we want to look for the location that each beast arises from according to the following verses. Verse 1 in Revelation chapter 13, it says, Then I stood on the sun of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horn um, ten crowns, and on his head a blasphemous name. Verse 11, it says, Then I saw another beast coming up, up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and spoke like a dragon. Hmm. Hmm. So there's a first beast that rises arises from the sea. Yes. And Hannah, the 
another beast? Second beast mm-hmm. arises from the earth. Hmm. Well, in lesson 26, we clearly identified the first beast as a religious system or power growing out of Rome. As Revelation 13 describes, this beast receives its seat of government from pagan Rome, became a universal system of worship, persecuted the people of God, claimed the power to forgive sins and reigned supreme for 1260 years during the Middle Ages. In Bible prophecy, the sea represents a populated area of the earth. And Henry, if you wouldn't mind reading for us Revelation 17, 15. Sure. Revelation 17, verse 15, it says, Then he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. Wow, so the beast rising out of the sea represents a power arising out of the populated areas of the world. The earth, on the other hand, represents the opposite, an unpopulated or sparsely populated area. The second beast rises out of the sparsely populated area of the new world. Hannah, how does this second beast of Revelation 13, the lamb-like beast, unite with the first beast, the papacy, in Revelation 13 and verse 12? Yes, it says, And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and caused the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Mm. So he causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship. The first beast. The first beast. Mm. Well, let's list four identifying characteristics of this second beast. And we spend a little bit of time in Revelation 13, verses 10 and 11. So we're going to look first, Hannah, when does the second beast arise? It says... He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with a sword must be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Mm. And verse 11. Yes. It says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. Mm. So as one goes into captivity, mm-hmm. uh there's going to be another one arising, another one coming up. That's right. So this lamb-like beast with two horns arose precisely when the first beast was going into captivity. The papacy received its deadly wound in 1798 when the French General Berthier took the Pope captive. Ultimately, the Pope died in captivity. The second beast was to arise after the first beast went into captivity. So, Hannah, where does the second beast arise, according to verse 11 of chapter 13? Yes. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. 
So the first beast arose out of or from the sea, which we looked at in Revelation 17.15, which represent peoples, multitudes, nations and tongues. And it arose out of Rome from the populated masses of Europe. But the second beast arose from an unpopulated area of the world. The Greek word for coming up is anaben, meaning springing up. It arises like a silent seed growing from the quiet earth. It arises rapidly from obscurity to become a world superpower. Mm. Hannah, what animal was chosen to describe the second beast in Revelation 13 verse 11? Yes. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. Mm. So it's a lamb. Throughout the book of Revelation, Jesus is described as a lamb. Yes. Lamb-like qualities indicate gentleness, innocence, and freedom. Jesus gives each of his followers the freedom of choice. Mm. This lamb-like power grants its citizens the opportunity to worship freely in harmony with the dictates of their consciences. We should also notice that a lamb is a young animal. The lion, the bear, the leopard and the dragon described earlier in the chapter are full-grown animals, indicating older, established nations. The youthful lamb represents a nation just born. Well, Hannah, the first beast has crowns on its horns. Would, would you just read that for us again in Revelation 13 and verse 1? Yes. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Thank you, Hannah. Does the lamb-like beast have crowns also? If you'd read Revelation 13, and we're honing in on verse 11 again. Yes. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the, the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. So we don't see no crowns. No crowns. Crowns indicate kingly authority. This new power has no crown or king. Horns are symbols of power. Here the power comes from another source, from the people. The two horns represent a democratic, republican form of government. Hannah, what new nation was arising in 1798 in an unpopulated area of the earth with the features of youthfulness and liberty for all the people? The pilgrims landed in the early 1600s. The colonies grew rapidly. In 1776, the Declaration of Independence was drawn up. In 1787, the Constitution was written, and in 1789, the Bill of Rights was formulated. In 1791, the Bill of Rights was adopted. In 1798, the Pope was taken prisoner by General Boothia. 
the United States was recognized as a nation by France, the same power that inflicted the deadly wound on the first beast. The United States arose exactly as prophecy had indicated, at the time prophecy indicated. Amazing. The United States was established by courageous Europeans, filled with an adventurous spirit, attempting to flee the religious and political tyranny of the old world. It was not established by conquering another nation, but by the establishment of a new one. The oppressed and downtrodden throughout Christendom have turned to this land with interest and hope. Millions have sought its shores, and the United States has arisen to a place among the most powerful nations of the earth. And that's a quote from the Great Controversy on page 441. The United States established two separate authority, political and religious. The principle of complete separation between church and state was represented by the two horns like a lamb. Well, Hannah, what surprising change does the prophecy indicate? Going back to Revelation 13, verses 11 and 12. Sure. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon, and he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Well, that is rather surprising, don't you think, that a mm. lamb-like beast representing a lamb-like country as it springs up, this young nation mm. that is for the downtrodden and to a place, an asylum where people may go for freedom mm. to live and worship according to the dictates of their conscience. And here this lamb-like country is going to speak like a dragon. Like a dragon. Mm and made people to worship the first beast. Wow. As church and state unite, what oppressive acts follow in Revelation 13 verses 15 to 17? He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Wow, very serious uh, times. Mm. When the early church was corrupted by departing from the simplicity of the gospel, it lost the spirit and power of God. In order to control the consciences of the people, the church sought the support of the secular power, the government. In order for the United States to form an image of the beast, the church will use the authority of the state to coerce conscience once again. An image is a likeness to something that resembles. The papacy claims as a sign of its authority a substitute day of worship, 
Sunday is a likeness to the Sabbath, but it's not the Sabbath. It's a substitute or counterfeit day of worship. In this astounding prophecy, the United States of America establishes a likeness to the papacy by using the power of government to enforce a religious day of worship. In a time of great crisis, the people and their religious leaders put enormous pressure on their legislators to enforce this common day of religious worship. Well, Hannah, how does Satan deceive thousands to put pressure on their legislators to form an image to the beast? Still in Revelation 13, verses 13 and 14 to begin, and then we'll look at Revelation 19 and verse 20. Sure. It says, He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. And then Revelation 19 and verse 20. It says, Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked sign in his uh, presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worship his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Mm. So the Bible is predicting in a period of social upheaval, economic difficulty, natural disaster and international tension, church and state will unite in an attempt to establish peace. Mm. Satan will use false miracles to establish his claims. Mm. We're seeing the world in great upheaval at present with the wars, the way the economy is, with uh, rising cost of living. we're seeing that this is causing a lot of hard, hardship for people around the world yeah. in every country. Mm. Hannah, upon whom does God pour out the genuine Holy Spirit? Acts chapter 5 and verse 32. Everything that God has truth for, Satan will try and counterfeit. Mm. That's just the way he is. Acts 5.32, it says, And we are his witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Those who obey him. So the genuine Holy Spirit will be poured out on the obedient. Yes. What about John 14, verses 15 to 16? If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he would give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. That's a wonderful promise, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. But if you love me, keep, keep my, my commandments. commandments. So there's this love relationship. Yes. So we fall in love with Jesus. Mm. And understand that beautiful gospel message that he has come, he's lived, he's died, he's risen again and alive forevermore. And he's our mediator in heaven. He's our, he's our judge mm. in, the, in the judgment. 
but he's on our side. He's our advocate. Yes. And his perfect life covers my imperfect life. Wow. I could never stand in the judgment. I could never have salvation without Jesus. Amen. And, to, and he takes away our guilt when we give our sins to Jesus. Mm. So that peace that comes and that natural flow that we would want to honor him. And he in turn covers us in his perfect robe of righteousness. It's a beautiful relationship that Jesus offers us as we accept it. Yes, his righteousness become our righteousness. And he became sin for us. So, yeah, he replaced for us. And we'll need to understand his love for us Mm. going through these serious times. Yes. It lifts our hearts. Mm lifts us into heavenly places because we have a savior we have a coming king we have a god who is above all gods Mm. and who is coming back to rescue us because he made that promise i will come come again again." Mm. Uh, hannah jesus promised also as you read there in john 14 15 how he said i'll pray the father and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the indwelling of the holy spirit yes and the holy spirit is it comforts us he guides us into all truth he is our um he brings the words of jesus home to our remembrance from the scriptures Mm. and He's our helper. Wow. To have the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is a wonderful, wonderful, amazing promise and reality to experience, Mm. which can be ours for the asking. Well, what promise does our Lord give us for times of unusual difficulty in our lives? Hebrews chapter 13 Verses 5 and 6. It says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? That's a wonderful promise. Yes. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And every word of God is true. Mm. When he makes a promise, the reality is right there for us to accept. He never lied to us. By faith. Mm. Amen. God is our all in all. How does Revelation describe those who have gained the victory over the beast and are ready for the coming of Christ and eternity in Revelation 12 and verse 17? And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So by by having that loving, obedient relationship with God mm. and he writing his holy law upon our hearts, it will be our delight yes. to honor him. Yes. And so the keeping of the commandments and having the testimony of Jesus will enable us to have that victory yes. over the beast and mm. his image and over his mark. What about Revelation 14 and verse 12? 
says, "Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus." So again, keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Amen. Keep the faith of Jesus mm. and Jesus' faith. He went to Calvary's cross. Yes. He could not see through the portals of the tomb, mm. but he went by faith. Yes. That's amazing. Mm. That hundred percent faith. Yes. That hundred percent trust. Mm. That's right. And all the one principle that Jesus had was to do the Father's will. So always be obedient to Him. Amen. He kept His eyes on, on God. On God. What about Revelation twenty-two and verse eleven to fourteen? It says. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every one according to his work. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And the first and the last, bless are those who do His commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city.、Hmm. So, Hannah, according to the last chapter of the book, the, Ho- the Holy Bible,、mm-hmm. Revelation chapter twenty-two, there's there's comfort there. Behold, I am coming quickly. quickly. But he says, "My reward is with me."、Mm-hmm. Then he says to give everyone according to his work, or according to his life, according to the choices that we've made in life. But there's a blessed blessing upon those again who do his commandments. commandments.、Mm-hmm. They have the right to the tree of life. And of course, there's no way that we can keep God's commandments in our own strength. That's right. It's only by that indwelling. Of the Holy Spirit is、yes. only by that covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And He will strengthen us. He will help us in the battle against sin and self and temptation、Amen. to be victorious,、mm. because He was victorious、mm. on our behalf. The conflict, Hannah, will soon intensify beyond our imagination. Through the power of Jesus Christ, you can remain loyal through these last days. John saw in vision the triumphal celebration given in heaven for those who had been victorious over the beast and his image. And Hannah, if you would read for us Revelation chapter fifteen, verses two. And three, what did John see in heaven? Sure, it says, and I saw something like a sea of glass, mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps, having harps of God. And verse three. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, "Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the Saints." 
Amazing. So John is taken in vision. He sees after the battle, mm. after God has taken his children home, and he sees those that have gained the victory over the beast and his image and his mark and the number of his name standing on that sea of glass. And they're having the harps of God. And what are they singing? Hannah, what did you read that they're singing? Song of Moses. Mm. That's interesting that they're singing the Song of Moses. Mm. We would have to go back to the Old Testament to have a look there. So we go back to the Old Testament and we discover that as God delivered the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage Mm. after 430 years, Moses brings them out. And as God brings them through the Red Sea by a wonderful miracle, he's delivering his people. Hannah, would you read about that deliverance in Exodus 14 and verse 30 and 31? Sure. It says, So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptian, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. God delivered them. Yes, what a miracle. It was an amazing Mm -hmm. miracle, amazing day for the children of Israel, no longer slaves but set free and on their way to the promised land. And then in chapter 15, I have a title there in my Bible. It says the Song of Moses. And we find that they break forth in singing. Mm. And if you would read that for for us, Hannah, perhaps just uh, Exodus chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, perhaps verse 11 as well. Sure. It says, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The host and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Verse 11, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Amen. Wow, the Lord shall reign forever and ever is the last verse of that hymn that they were singing. And it goes on for 18 verses in chapter 15. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful song of their deliverance. They're just breaking forth in praise and gratitude and giving all glory to God. Amen. And so it's like an, it's called the Song of Moses and the Lamb in Revelation 15 uh, verses 1 and 2. And God's people are going to be delivered again, delivered from what would appear a hopeless situation. Yes. Mm. But Jesus is coming and he will deliver his people. And when John saw them in heaven, they were singing a song of victory, a song of deliverance. Wow. It's a song that the angels cannot sing mm. because they've never been redeemed. But Here is a group of people that have been redeemed from the earth, but they have a special experience because they go through a time that has never been on the face of the earth. Mm. And maybe we could just look at that verse as well. So just going to the ancient book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1. 
It says at that time Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the son of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to the time. And at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in a book. So the trouble would be great, but they will be delivered. Amen. And there will be a song of victory to sing in heaven. And it's called the Song of Moses and the Lamb. Mm. Well, friend, don't you want to be a part of that great celebration? And we can be. And it's building that loving relationship with God day by day. And our faith can be growing and trusting God as we claim his promises. Maybe we could just look at a couple of promises from the word of God before we finish our study today. And if we go to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Hebrew chapter 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There's a promise in that verse, Mm. Hannah, a promise that God will reward those who diligently seek him. Amen. Mm. And as we're seeking him, God will hear us. He will reveal himself to us, Mm. the beautiful gospel message. What about, let's go to Hebrews 4 and verse 2. Sure. The Bible says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, nor be mixed with faith in those who hear it. So it's important to believe what God says. Yes. And have a faith as well. Have faith. Mm. Build our faith on the solid word of mm. God. So God can bless us. Yes. And he can help us. What about First John 5, 14? It says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We have this precious wonderful promise, Hannah. (laughs) Amen. And what about uh, we could also read Galatians two twenty. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Christ living in me. Christ living in you. What a wonderful promise he makes to us. Yes. And we can... Build our faith on the word of God. Mm. God is trustworthy. God is true. Amen. Well, because I love Jesus, I will not follow the beast or his image. I choose to be with those who keep God's commandments. I choose to be a part of that great celebration in heaven. I pray that will be your choice. And that is my choice today. Me too. Amen. Let us close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have revealed to us through your word the events 
in this world's history that are playing out. We thank you that we can put our trust in you because your word is true and faithful. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the Holy Spirit guiding our minds to understand this deep and important subject today. But most of all, we thank you for Jesus, who is our righteousness, who covers us with his perfect life, who gives us strength, Lord, in our times of trial, who forgives us and who's interceding on our behalf. We thank you, Lord, for your promise that you are coming soon. And as we surrender our hearts and our minds and all that we are to you daily, that you come into our lives and you fill us and we have that wonderful relationship with you. And by God's grace, one day we are seeing you face to face where we will sing the song of Moses and the Lamb and give you all the honor and glory and praise that you so deserve in your presence. Bless our listeners, we pray. Guide them in their search for certainty to know you. And we thank you for loving us first and hearing this prayer and for forgiving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I've really enjoyed this study today, Hannah. It's been a big topic. Yes, thank you so much, Sister Gail. And I pray that those that are listening, that you will join us again. But till then, may God bless you and go in peace. questions or comments about any of the programs you've heard, you can call 3ABN Australia Radio within Australia on 02 4973 3456 or from outside of Australia on country code 612 4973 3456. Our email address is radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. That is radio at the number 3 ABN Australia, all one word, dot org dot au. Our postal address is 3ABN Australia Inc, PO Box 752, Morissette, New South Wales 2264, Australia. Thank you for your prayers and financial support.
was Songs of Moses by Earthen Vessels. Up next, How Deep the Father's Love for Us, from Malita Fong's album, Through It All. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that He should give His only Son to make a wretch His treasure. family will now sing, That's My God. The angry crowd cried out to crucify. They nailed him to a rugged cross and left him there to die. They gambled for the royal robe he They had crucified my Lord He bore the sin and shame of all mankind And as he hung there dying I was on his mind His sacrifice and love some don't appreciate But I would like to speak and set the record straight that's my God, and I love Him. That's my Jesus, He died for me. For all the world to hear, 
Nothing more than fairy tale. He's just a myth or legend. His presence is not real. His word is not correct politically. They curse and mock his name defiantly. Oh, but time has never changed the changeless one. Their lies cannot disprove the existence of God's Son, though some may be content to just sit by. I, for one, must stand and testify that's my tip lady who loves to make your life more simple. Got a question for you. Do you have kids who are picky eaters that pull awful faces sometimes when you put the food in front of them? Well, you know, we might think that that's really, really rude, but they don't. They quite automatically look and go, yuck, yuck, I don't want to eat that stuff. And the battle starts. So if your home becomes a battle zone, What are some ways that you can deal with this so that they don't grow up as picky eaters and so that mealtime is a happy time? So my first tip is this. When you come to the table, this is what you need to do. Turn the TV off. Turn your devices off. Why? Aha, because you've got to make mealtimes a happy time. A time everyone looks forward to because they're having such a good time they forget about something that they don't like that's on their plate. Do you think that's even possible? Well, I know it is. Because it's worked. In our home. Now, institute the NWA rule that means no whining allowed. NWA. Well, actually, that's not just for mealtimes, that's for any time. Now, if mealtimes are to be happy times, put all those devices away, 
No listening or watching to other things and spacing out and letting your kids eat all by themselves while you pretend you're there, but you're only there in body. No, that's not what to do. Turn that TV and those devices off. This is what we used to do many years ago when we lived in an ancient rainforest and our three young girls loved being there. There was never a dull moment. No school to go to, but we educated them at home. We found at one stage that mealtimes were becoming not really a battle zone, but very dull and very boring. So we said, you can only come to the table and eat if you have something really interesting to share, something you've learned today out of a book, or something you've observed out in nature, or something you've thought up. Well, when they'd come to the table, you'd be surprised what amazing conversations we had about all sorts of things. Now, if your kids are too little for that, here's something you can do. Tell them, when you come to the table, when mummy calls you, you have to tell me something funny or something that you love or something that you'd like to do one day. And if your child is too little even for that, then you may need to do what we did. When finally our son turned up, when all our girls were grown and gone, he was such a busy little man, he didn't want to take the time to eat. So, distraction was the key. I'd have a little pile of things hiding behind me, just small toys, and before boredom and uh, frustration would set in, I'd pop another one onto his tray and pull faces and tell stories with great sound effects because that helped too, because distraction is the key for the little fellows. The point is, we tried to make mealtime such fun that the food got eaten and we were all happy, and that way the job got done. Alright, that's my first simple tip for getting your kids to stop being picky eaters or never to become picky eaters in the first place. Turn off your TV and your devices. Right, you got that one. Well, my second tip is this. Get your timer. Set it for 25 minutes. Now, when I was a kid, I would sometimes really hate something that was on my plate and I would sit there for what seemed like forever with one mouthful in my mouth refusing to swallow it. Mum would be exasperated, saying, just swallow it. Big brother and sister would goad me on and my stubborn self would dig my heels in even more. Mealtimes were often miserable. But what if they'd done this? Don't make a big deal of it. Don't make a fuss. The more you make a fuss, the more they love you or the more the child hates you. So if you don't want that, just simply quietly take the meal away and say, that's it. Good, all done. Nothing till the next meal. Wow, if you make a big deal about it, I'll tell you what, there's going to be whining and gnashing of teeth and wailing and all sorts of horrible things. And they'll go on and on for years. So don't do it. What was our first tip? To stop kids from becoming picky eaters? Turn those gadgets off and have some fun conversation. We learned so many interesting things and it was great fun finding just what each kid thought was fascinating from what they had learned that day. Sometimes, you see, they learn things that I wouldn't even be a bit interested in. But they were fascinated, so we got to know our kids better too. So with the TV off and mealtime's a happy time, you'll be having such a happy time that our kids will hardly notice the odd food that isn't their favourite. If they don't want to eat their meal, that's okay. 25 minutes later, away goes the food till next time and you're not harping, swallow that mouthful. The food goes away, finished or not. 
So what's the second tip, remember? 25 minutes and the food goes away. No fuss. Whether it's eaten or not, it simply disappears. No threats, no warnings, no misery. Believe me, if they don't eat at all, it isn't going to hurt them. Next meal, I guarantee they'll really get stuck into it. It'll go down the hatch without a fuss. Those are my two simple tips for today if you've got kids in the family. Try them and your lives will definitely become more simple and happy. That's it from the two-tip lady who loves to help make your life more simple. My name is Pastor Stephen Teal. 13 years ago, I read my Bible and I was looking for answers. I tuned into 3ABN Australia Radio and found the answers I was looking for. Do you want answers? Are you looking for a greater relationship with Jesus? Listen to 3ABN Australia Radio all around Australia or online. Go to 3abnaustralia.org.au and click on the listen button. It'll change your life. Listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.